Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners. This week's episode features the second conversation in our live stream series on school connectedness. Hello, Aletta. Hello, Jenna. So this week, you held another conversation on school connectedness, which viewers could watch live on our Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn pages with guest Ann B. Friedman. And before we get to the wonderful conversation you had with Ann, I just want to remind listeners that if they missed the first conversation on August 15th with Travy and Shorters, they can catch up on last week's podcast or head over to the Inspire Teaching YouTube for that conversation, which was great. It was wonderful. And my conversation with Ann Friedman was terrific too. Ann is the founder and the CEO of Planet Word, an amazing museum here in Washington, D.C. that helps us see how language can connect and inspire and enlighten us. And Jenna, you and I went in anticipation of my conversation with Anne, you and I spent some time at the museum and you are a visual artist. And I know you were just overjoyed at the ways in which the museum brings together sculpture and design and technology for a fully immersive interactive experience um, that's really accessible in lots of, lots of ways for learners of all ages, including very young children and not so young children like ourselves. Absolutely. It was really exciting to go see a place I'd been hearing about for years. And what really struck me about it was how interactive it was as a museum. As you walked through the rooms, you weren't just passively receiving the information. In many instances, you were actually interacting with the exhibits to tailor the the information to your curiosity. And Anne talks a lot about that in this conversation, that that was very intentional in the design, that it was built to be a museum where people would actually be connecting with one another and with the content. And of course, that's what we strive to do at Inspire Teaching. Anne has created a museum that is active and engaging for the people who enter it. We work with teachers to make schools everywhere active and engaging for students, not a passive place where they receive information, but an active place where they are co-creators of their own learning experience. And in this week's conversation, Anne not only talks about the amazing learning that folks who are in DC can do when they come to visit the museum, but she also speaks about the ways that teachers everywhere can bring the tenets of the museum into their everyday classrooms. So let's get to it. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Words that connect us. August 28th, 2023. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for inviting me, Aletta. Great. And Planet Word is a unique experience. I mean, it was, I I thought I knew what to expect, and and it (laughs) met my expectations, but it also completely surpassed them. And I know it's born from your passion for language. Your mission at the museum is to inspire and renew a love of words, language, and reading. And I'd love to hear more about this. I think these are all critical. I know these are all critical in building school connectedness. So please tell us more. So um, the story really starts, and I don't think I've told you this, Aletta, about uh, in uh, 1979, when my husband and I moved to Beirut. We lived overseas for about a decade in Beirut and Jerusalem, two cities that were torn apart by civil strife, by division, 
no community. And so that led me to sort of vow to myself that when we moved back to the United States, I would do something to build community because I thought that was something America had. <laughs> and uh, it did maybe back then. Uh, and one of the places where community was formed in America was in the public school system. So I actually ended up getting a master's in teaching um, and working in the public schools. And that led me eventually to teaching first grade reading and writing. And uh, then I retired because I'd become a teacher late in life. So I retired earlier than most people. And, um, but I was so, uh, it was so important to me to continue in the literacy field. I didn't want to give that up because why? Because I thought that readers were so important to supporting and sustaining a strong democracy. So I was, I tried all different jobs, as you know. Um, what could I do that would still keep me in the literacy field? And then in 2012, I read a New York Times article about a museum in New York City that was bringing the abstract concepts of math to life mm. through a museum approach, using technology, using interactive, hands-on experiences. And it was like a little light bulb went off in my head, you know, that's it. That's what I can do. Use technology, use informal education, which is the approach of a museum to bring words and language, books, reading to life, to make them fun and, and to use technology to sort of suck people into trying things with words they might not otherwise try. So that's the very long backstory of how we got here. That's so, that's such, and I didn't know that part of the story. That's extraordinary. That's such a, an important and beautiful story. I wanna, actually, it makes me think of another question of, there's no question among, there are a few things educators agree on, but one thing we do agree on is that children should learn how to read, right? There's no question that they should learn how to read. How they should learn how to read, as we know, <laughs> It has always been a, a, a topic for, for great debate. Years. But, yeah. Right, especially right, in, right now in the US. But so often in, in my work with teachers, reading gets, I, I think I wanna use the word relegated to a technical thing. Like you just have to learn to sound out the words. You just have to learn to get through the book. You, and then you get to the next level, the next level. And, and what you describe and what I experienced at the museum is a joyful, accessible experience of reading. And, and of course, that's how it ought to be in schools. Can you, can you speak about, and, and as we were talking before we went live, as you said, everything at Planet Word is intentional. Nothing is left to chance, <laughs> including the beautiful wall behind you and, and every wall in the museum. Can you talk about the intentionality that, that you used in creating the museum to make reading both accessible and joyful and then share with most of our, our viewers, our teachers and school leaders and parents who, if, if, we're, if we're in DC, please come visit the museum. But even if we're not, what, what can we as educators do intentionally 
to yes, teach the technical aspect of reading, but also make it joyful and, and accessible to everybody. So maybe uh, Jenna would like to uh, show the slide that, of the library, our magic library, there's the school itself. It's um, on my list, slide number 11, I don't know. Um, <laughs> There. Okay, so this is the heart of Planet Word. It's our magical library. It is a uh, a very big gallery, but we intentionally made it appear grander and more sort of mysterious by um, we lined the ceilings with mirrors, so it looks double height and. Um, and what happens in the library is that words and books come to life, which was the, the main direction I gave our exhibit designers from the very beginning. I want Planet Word to be a place where words and books come to life. And so that really does happen at Planet Word. Uh, if you see the central table running through the gallery where uh, someone is sitting, all the books on that table with their jackets facing out come to life. If, if a visitor picks up a book and lays it in a special holder on that story table, it triggers a little sort of a, a movie trailer about 90 seconds long that tells you, gives you a glimpse uh, of the book. You hear a voice talking about the book. Sometimes it's the author of the book. Sometimes it's someone who loved that book. Sometimes it's a voice actor talking about the book, but giving you enough about the book to make you want to read it. You know, like in those uh, sort of old fashioned book reports in school, it's like, and don't yes, give away yes. the ending, you know, and I can't tell you more. You have to read the book. And so that is what we did, but the books were chosen very specifically and deliberately, like you said. Um, we have books that should be of interest to anyone who walks in the museum, in the library. They all uh, come to life in totally unique ways. Uh, an art studio designed the animations a sound studio added sound design to what happens when these little movies are triggered. And so there's a book for everybody. There are picture books, books for adults, nonfiction. We even have a cookbook that comes to life. And um, we feel like this solves one problem about reading. You know, when you read uh, interviews with kids, surveys, why don't you want to read? Well, it's because the books don't reflect my interests. They don't reflect the people I know, the neighborhood where I live. So we tried to find books for everybody. So there is something there that will appeal to you. And then we actually sell all the books in our gift shop. Um, and so we are never, it's like the most 
joyful moment for me when someone comes up to me after being in the in the library and says, where can I get this book? Um, and uh, so we have a, a little video clip of one of these books coming to life, which we could play next. Yeah, we, we would love to. And I know this happens to be Jason Reynolds, who we have, who's a local author, who we have featured in Hooray for Monday before. So I'm delighted. Here comes the clip. Long Way Down is the story of a young man named Will Holloman who loses his older brother to gun violence. And the next day is thrust into a situation where he's forced to make a really complicated decision. His neighborhood has given him rules and codes to abide by. No crime, no snitching, and you always seek revenge. And so as Will gets on the elevator on the eighth floor to ride down to the ground floor to seek revenge, possibly uh, he is faced with visitors. Um, and each of these visitors that get on the elevator, he's very familiar with. But the one thing that is strange about all of them is that they are already dead. My sort of connection to poetry as a kid came through rap music. You know, like a lot of kids in my generation, we, we fell in love with that music, that music that would, of course, as we all know now, go on to take over the world. Um, I was a kid who was obsessed, not just with the music, but with the lyrics, and to realize that the poetry in those liner notes was exactly the same with the poetry in the books that our teachers were giving us, that they never said that they were the same thing. I'm moving around as a hip-hop kid who was connected to hip-hop culture, the way I walk, the way I talk, and the irreverence in which I approach the page. I'm an author because I chose to be, and I willed it so, and rap music is what gives a person like me from where I'm from the gumption to do so. Oh, that gives you a, a really great example of what happens when you uh, put any of our 49 books in the holders. So um, it's, you know, they're all so different and so compelling that kids, you know, or visitors of any age will try to see what lots of the books do when, when they start to play. And uh, it's encouraging that interest that was always something I wanted to, to create. Same with our bathrooms. <laughs> We have a slide there of a bathroom wall. So we've tiled into the bathrooms, which are on each floor of the museum, uh, something either humorous or maybe a uh, foreign language phrase for where's the bathroom. And here's a, a bathroom tiled in uh, all different languages, words for toilet. And so my idea was that even in the bathrooms, people who would visit them would say, you got to come in here. You got to look at this. So no space was wasted. Uh, we used the elevators. We used the floors, the bathrooms, all to try and find a way that will excite and engage people about words and language. I love it. And Anne, I, it, you make me think of a couple things that, that could be really relevant to our, our listeners. In, in schools, one of the things we always encourage at Inspire Teaching, we always encourage teachers to do is, and school leaders is to be really intentional about the space. And that includes the bathroom, that includes the hallways. Certainly you may have necessary information, like, you know, here are the fire drill rules or here's <laughs> that where, where certain supplies are located. And those, those are very important to share, but what else can you share, right? Can't, I know, and I recall in the bathroom, there are also all sorts of jokes in, in, in different places, which is fantastic. 
Um, so how could, I, I, I offer to our listeners, how could you invite your students to design the space, the bathrooms, the hallways, the stairwells, and of course the classroom spaces, the lunchroom, in a way that is educational, that is funny, and that represents that school community. And mm -hmm. I think about that beautiful library, which I, of course, got to experience live when I visited the museum. What When I grew up learning to read, I my experience was I had to get through a book. And mm -hmm. that's not that exciting. Like, all right, I only got this many pages left. How long till I get through the book? You do the complete opposite. You invite readers into the book and you make it compelling. How could I say, no, I want to enter this book. And I wonder if that's a way that we might offer to teachers. Again, if you're in the DC area, please come to the museum and experience it. But even if you're not, what if we shifted our thinking from, okay, we got to get the kids through this, these books, they got to read this many books and this much time to inviting them to experience literature in a way where they're, where it's truly engaging, where it's truly joyful. And, and it's going to spark them to, of course, to want to, to do so more. And that's something that that certainly I took away from my visit to to Planet Word. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, uh, one thing you wrote that you wanted me to to talk about was, you know, were there lessons and approaches I took from my teaching yes, that yes. form the creation of the museum? And I would say that, you know, I definitely had a large library in my classrooms. Um, with an array of of wonderful books, um, and you know, I tried to pass along my enthusiasm about books to the students in my classes. Um, but there is one thing that I would change: that I I am different as the founder of Planet Word than I was as a teacher. And before that, as a copy editor, well, I wasn't a copywriter, but I was a copy editor. So I know grammar and I can, you know, fix sentences with the best of them. But I didn't want anything to intimidate people from coming to Planet Word. So I really kind of transformed myself and made myself stop and hold back. There is no grammar exhibit at Planet Word. There is no diagramming sentences. And that was a question I got more often than anything. Oh, are you going to do diagramming sentences at Planet Word? Like, no, we're not. <laughs> um, because we celebrate language as it's actually used by people. And we don't make moral judgments. What's right or wrong. We don't have an academy of the English language. And what's so exciting right now in, in this day and age is all the innovation that's happening with language, rap and spoken word and all the different risks and innovations that people are taking with our language. So basically I had to put my old self behind and say, you know, even though in our, on our website or in our written communications, we are going to be very careful and copy edit and, you know, uh, try not to ever have typos. 
that will not be a part of the visitor experience to Planet Word. Understood. Oh, please go ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and another thing that is important to know about Planet Word is that we also have a robust series of programming. And so another thing that's changed for me is that whole debate about the best way to teach reading, mm -hmm. begin reading. And of course, I followed the Montgomery County curriculum and felt that it was quite successful and, and I enjoyed following you know, their curricula. But um, I also knew that a lot of research said that systematic, uh, you know, deliberate phonics instruction was very important. And, and that wasn't the approach taken in the balanced literacy that we used in Montgomery County. So I, on my own, added phonics. Um, and now at Planet Word, we've had a three-part program on the science of reading. And so we are tackling those subjects. We're not advocating, but we are, you know, uh, being a, a place of convening and bringing the different arguments uh, out to the public, to our audience, um, so that they're informed about what, where the debate is and what the issues are. Well, and Anne, you've just, that's so important. And we actually have time. We have a number of questions, but we have time for just one, but you've begun to answer it. So I'll share it and, and please yeah. add. The sure. question was, what, what, what are you doing in Planet Word to foster connection? And you, you've begun to answer it, but please feel, feel free to tell us more if there's more of how, again, we're, words, I love your story about how sometimes words, my interpretation, can put us apart, can push us apart if, if you tell me I'm wrong and you're right, then I don't feel a sense of connectedness, but you're in deliberately using words to bring people together. Um, tell us more. And, and we have also, besides our large galleries, we have more than 20 interactive video stations where you use your voice, because our museum is largely voice activated, to dive deeper into subjects like uh, dialect, like uh, hate speech, or as we call it, words that wound. Um, so we are informing people, but in a participatory way. Um, we also have our karaoke style songwriting gallery where people, just random visitors to the museum can come together and, and sing and learn about the lyrics to songs. Um, so everything that we do, uh, we try to follow, there's a, a picture of, of the gallery. Uh, we try to follow six core values that inform everything we do. And that's to be fun, playful, meaningful, motivational, inclusive, and unexpected. So we're always asking ourselves, was this fun? Uh, there they are. Um, you know, was it inclusive? Does it bring people together? Um, and so that helps us think for everything we do, even our programming. Uh, how will people come away from that? Um, will they feel a connection? Um, and 
be part of a community. And and those values are certainly transferable to the classroom, to the to the school community. And I love that that fun is your first one. It is part of our A B C D E F of learner needs that inspired teaching is fun, and it is. It, we understand fun is a need. It's not a nice to have. So I'm I'm so happy to see that along with the other very important values. And we just have a moment or two left, but I I know you had a couple other resources to share, and I want to make sure our listeners get to get to hear about them. Um, well, definitely we have educator resources on the Planet Word website. So Great. if you go to plan your visit, uh, there's a drop down menu with uh, at, for educators. And uh, we have a lot of lessons and activities, experiences that you can, that you can adapt, you know, adapt for your classroom or you can sign up for a, a real field trip or a virtual field trip to Planet Word. And, um, and then I was saying that one book that was very instrumental to me in designing the museum was called The Participatory Museum by Nina Simon. And uh, it, you know, I wasn't a museum educator. I, I didn't really know the latest thinking about museums when I started out. But that book was a revelation to me about how you could turn engagement and experience into a great museum visit. Um, you know, usually you just think of a passive experience in an art museum or something, and and that is so not the cutting edge anymore. Please join us Tuesday, August 29th for the third and final conversation on connection. Jenna Fornell, our Director of Teaching and Learning, will be joined by Dana Mortensen, co-founder and CEO of World Savvy, live on Inspired Teaching's Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Professional Development. Join us for our September Inspired Teaching Institutes, which will focus on warming up with improvisation. In this institute, we will explore engaging ways to begin each class period with activities that are rooted in our rules of improv, understand the connection between relationship building and motivation to learn, and learn simple ways to make warm-up activities content-rich. All of our institutes are free and are designed to be applicable across the pre-K-12 school experience. Participants who attend the live sessions will receive certificates of completion. Recordings and resources will be emailed to all registrants, but we highly recommend joining us live so you can experience the activities firsthand, ask questions, and engage with other educators. Sessions are online and scheduled for Wednesday, September 6th and Tuesday, September 19th from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Registration links are in the written version of Hooray for Monday and the show notes for this episode. Youth Programming. Applications are now open for the 23-24 Real World History course, the only credit-bearing course available to all public, charter, and independent school students in Washington, D.C. Real World History teaches history through inquiry, equipping students with crucial skills that prepare them to thrive in our complex world. Real World History students complete an oral history project on the Great Migration during the fall semester and have the opportunity to intern at one of Washington, D.C.'s many amazing cultural institutions in the spring. For more information and to access the application, check out the link in our show notes.
Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening. Sessions are online and scheduled for Wednesday. Stop. <laughs> oh my God, we're never leaving this place. Okay. <laughs> um, sessions. <clears throat>